Okay. So, good morning, my dear listener, and welcome to yet another extravaganza of encouragement from the Encouragement Diaries. And I did promise you something special this week, and yes, it is true, I have got Tom Harmer, storyteller, filmmaker, actually he's my son-in-law, which is a, a added bonus, <laughs> but find the fantastic Tom Harmer. Tom, welcome to the Encouragement Diaries. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. And um, let's talk about encouraging things. <laughs> Absolutely. And starting with encouraging things, food is a great link between us. We love food. And, and onions come to mind. Now, I know you have a bit of special relationship with onions and, and onion. So would you like to tell, tell my dear listener about your onions and, and about how it had a pivotal impact on your life? <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's something um, uh, for, uh, I'm sure those who listen know that you've done a lot of training with people over with confidence over the years and, and a number of years, I, I, maybe five, six years ago, you've got a model that you use with people called the onion model. Um, and the onion model is a way of kind of finding out who, you know, what, what your core driver in life is, what you're passionate about in life. Um, and it, 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 would, it took a bit of time. Like it's one of those kind of things where you kind of start off and go, oh, this is going to be easy. Like you, you basically start off with a question like, you know, what are you passionate about in life? And a series of questions and you start kind of peeling back the onion layers of your life. And until you get to the core of who you are and what, what your core passion is and what your core driver is. Um, and it, it takes, it, it's one of those things that most of us don't really think about a lot of the time. We just kind of rattle on in life and we kind of do what we do and we're not fully aware of ourself and why we are the way we are. Anyway, this, when, when I did the onion model with you, like it just really was like a penny drop moment or a kind of light bulb moment for me. Um, so I started off saying, well, I'm, I'm a filmmaker and I'm a storyteller. I love kind of capturing people's stories. Um, and so the, the first question, what are you passionate about in life? was like, well, I'm passionate about filmmaking. It's easy. <laughs> and then, you know, kind of went through this series of questions. And, and then when it got to the core of who I was, like it was like, um, it, uh, I'm passionate about the value of people, about the value of humanity. And, and for me, that was like, Ah, okay. That's that's why I really love doing that project, or that's why I'm drawn to this area of community, or this area of um, interacting with people. Like I'm often, you know, if, if we go to a social gathering, like I'm much more comfortable sitting in the corner of a room with one person for the whole night, kind of getting to the core of who they are and understanding the story and what drives them and what kind of thing. Um, but the other thing. Uh, I suppose the other thing that I've done in life is I did a kind of, well, it was a spiritual gift test. And, wow. and the two kind of things that came up top for me were craftsmanship and empathy. Um, so when you kind of put those three things together, like empathy is like, like when I, when I am sat in the room in the corner with someone for an hour, like I tend to feel their story, like I really kind of resonate and they're like, I, yeah, you know, and then the craftsmanship is, well, I, I now want to craft what I felt uh-huh. and with the value of people I want to kind of um, put those three together combine those three together share a film that's going to talk about the value of someone um, and talk as a human to human to the audience um, and, and encourage someone about the value of their own life whoever watches the uh, film I mean you said something that's absolutely amazing is that when you're talking when you're listening with someone and having that space in the room that you you really your empathy takes you that you really walk in their shoes I mean, that is a, actually a very rare gift. 
I mean, I tell you now, Tom, that is a rare gift to actually be able to empathize to the point where you can walk in their shoes and then to capture that and put it into the film or the story. That's amazing. Mm. That is an amazing gift. Yeah, I, I, I suppose when, I don't, I don't know if it's grown or if it's always been there, but like it's this, um, yeah, you, uh, you often get a sense like the, when, when they're sharing a story, whether it's the highs or the lows, like I, I don't know what happens inside but there's the, the, the my heart just like connects and there's a you know sometimes you can be close to tears or you can laugh or you know it's, yeah. it's this this total total relatability and I don't know I'm, I'm often called a good listener I don't I'm a man of a few words I suppose <laughs> um so I, but I like I really enjoy listening and I really enjoy I don't know. It, it, I, I suppose I like to learn from someone else's life and the journey they've had. Um, In the course yeah. of your filming, because you've you've been, I mean, you've been up Kilimanjaro live filming. I mean, how you did that, I'll never know. But live filming, <laughs> uploading it, and, and and all the things. And you've been to, you've done really adventurous things. You've got this wonderful project and this film that you've created that's gone into been been put forth for awards called The Sanctuary Seeker. And you can tell me a yeah. bit more about the Sanctuary Seekers, but have you found that, that, the, that this understanding of what what the dynamic is between listening, walking in someone's shoes and, and taking, basically it's a father's heart, isn't it? It's that heart that you take into filming. How is that, um, how is that influenced or impacted on you as you're doing filming in the middle of like trying to breathe up Kilimanjaro and you're thinking, I still want to engage with this person, but my left leg's falling off. <laughs> I'm carrying all this equipment. Um... Yeah, I mean, Kilimanjaro was a killer job. <laughs> it was, it was, it was like the best job I've ever, one of the best jobs I've ever done. Like, like it combined uh, a number of my passions. One is travel, one is kind of adventure and mountains, and one is people. And it was for uh, anti-human trafficking charity as well. So it had an element of purpose, and you know, let's make the world a better place. So, so there were moments. Like, I think, I think in the moment, I, I just lived on the adrenaline of it all. Um, and then it took me uh, several weeks afterwards to kind of recover from the physical and the emotional um, toll of, of, of the challenge kind of thing. But so so in the moment, like I didn't struggle and I felt incredibly alive and like this is what I'm meant to be doing and yeah. this is like, I can't believe I'm here kind of thing. Um, and then it wasn't until afterwards that I realised the kind of like the energy that it had take, <laughs> taken to do it. I remember all that sea buckthorn you were taking before you went, just so you... Yeah. Because the Russians use that for their people going up the Alps. But there's quite yeah. a contrast though between that kind of adventure that you did in Patagonia recently as well too. Yeah. Um, but then going on to the sanctuary seekers. Now tell, tell my dear listener a wee bit about the contact, what, who the people are in that. And what's happening with that? Yeah, I mean, it, it grew out of it's, it's, it's been the kind of knock-on effect of various projects I've done over the years. But I've, I've been doing some work. I live in the north of England in a place called Bradford, um, and it's been a, a city of sanctuary for a, a lot of years. So from uh, yeah, yeah, a long time. People have been coming to the city to find sanctuary, um, and I'd done some storytelling for. Bradford Council about a guy called Asamani who grew up in the Congo um, and when he was 16 uh, the civil war was happening and sweeping through the nation um, and he lived on Lake Tanganyika if that's the way of pronouncing it um, and the previous village um, had been attacked and there'd been rumours and it had happened that several 
you know, like a dozen people had been buried alive. And so, so they, they, they woke up in the morning and this village, the shelling was going and like the, the village was rammed with people, basically people had fled all the villages and it was the lake, so they were in their village. And then the shelling happened and they started kind of just this chaos. Uh, he stayed with his uncle, got on a boat with his uncle, went nine years, nine, nine hours across the lake to Tanzania. His family ran off in a different direction, which he had. Um, and he, I think it was, like 20 years later they actually found out his family had survived um and he found them on facebook <laughs> unbelievable but anyway he 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 landed in tanzania um and then spent the next 18 years of his life there which is just like crackers numbers you know from age 16 another 18 years and then he um his, his granddad who had a faith was always like you know wherever you go take god and always work for a better life I've always believe that there's better to come kind of thing yes yeah. So he, he carried that into his um, time in refugee camp and, and was like, well, I, I can't just live here for the rest of my life because there's no, um, although we've been taken care of and very grateful for the kind of water and food, but there's no opportunities, there's no hope, like we, we're just stuck here. You know, our past life is gone. And so he applied for refugee status in the UK, which took about seven years from his first letter. Seven. Came here, Can't... seven years, yeah. Years? bureaucracy so, I think yeah yeah um, and then uh, when he got here two years learning English language then uh, as with a lot of refugees uh, struggled to work because of um, his past experiences not being compatible with all that sort of stuff so he volunteered for a, a year in the housing association then managed to get a job and, and he's now um, since then he's started a charity helping other Africans who are refugees and asylum seekers to to become British citizens and to kind of a lot of people who come here from other places are fearful, not just because of what's in the news, but because they haven't had an education or they've got kids or they can't speak the language or they you know they can't work. So so his whole charity is set up to welcome people, to teach them English, to give them skills that they could then take into the workplace. Fantastic. Um, so, uh, and he's also, he's an amazing guy. He's, he's actually doing a degree at the moment with international development and wants to kind of make a difference on the world scale in the future kind of thing. Anyway, all that introduction to say, like, I, uh, <laughs> I, I um, when I was at one of his clinics, a guy came into the clinic who had been in the country for seven years, probably in his 60s, had a bunch of council letters and, and couldn't read them. And that's why he helped him got on the phone with him and it was just, just this dawning realization for me of you know everything we're hearing the news around refugees is is what happens before they get to this country but then we don't hear about what happens once they're here <laughs> and actually that, that that journey once they're here is complicated it's not easy um there's a whole bunch of stuff that is is a challenge you know it's, a, it's another brand new journey once they get here full of obstacles and disappointment and highs and lows and so so i kind of was like i'd like to tell some stories around that subject so that's i suppose that's where the nature of the film came um and then uh probably over about a year and a half i produced a film it's a 30 minute documentary originally i wanted to tell the stories from a refugee and asylum point of view but a lot of those guys are in the midst of very difficult situations or you know, yeah. overcoming trauma, so, so it wasn't camps. really feasible yeah. to, to kind of interview and tell it from there. So I um, found three different individuals from Bradford from completely different walks of life 
who are actually welcoming uh, and befriending and sacrificing their time and energy to kind of help and support um, people in, in that situation. And met some wonderful people and I suppose through their eyes and their stories and their friendships kind of shone a light on, on what the challenges are for that community. So you created the, the film The Sanctuary Seekers, that's a documentary. Yeah. And it's been shown to a, a sellout audience that's gone forward for awards and it's going to be used in schools and and, and all sorts of different places. How I mean that mm. is that that must be I mean amazing to think that out of that 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 passion and out of just that thing I value people and then getting mm. that, that angle in where this thing is just is just spilling over into. Yeah. I think I think one of the things I realized a number of years ago is that I'm driven by impact like so I, I am a bit of a geek when it comes to filmmaking kit and love all that sort of side of things and i like the the, the bit i do love about filmmaking is sat sitting across the table from someone and interviewing them but the thing i'm most passionate about is that there's an impact from the film that it has a, a tangible effect on an audience and makes a difference in the world that, that, that this is kind of yeah. you know you, you basically want to nudge people towards humanity through the what i do and so so yeah, there's a potential that's been developed at the moment to go into secondary schools in Bradford and possibly further afield as well in London and Newcastle, right. which is great because, you know, if you have that kind of perception at a young age, yeah, that's yeah, fundamental shaping. Yeah. yeah, it does if you get that exposure. And I was going to say that where can people see this, the Sanctuary Seekers or how can they, or what's your website for you? Because you've got lots of fantastic stories and things on your website as well too. Yeah, so my, my company, production company, is called Faith and Bones. So uh, F-A-I-T-H-A-N-D-B-O-N-E-S, bones.com. Beautifully yeah. spelled. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then if, if you want to go straight to the film, it's thesanctuaryseekers.com, so you can watch it there. Oh, that's brilliant. Tom, it's been an absolute delight to hear that, that journey through to where, and, and I know that it's going to be wonderful stories that you're going to unfold on film of other people's lives over the years and and the years to come. And I, I also was going to say that um, you've got three fabulous girls who are, I think I, I can see them following in your footsteps and the way they value people too. But I think what's been a real encouragement is to, you know, for the, for the listeners is to, to hear a different perspective on people who have come as refugees or asylum seekers, because we've got lots for We Live in Dumfries um, you know, people who can't, they, they're, they're Persian speakers, but there's nobody else that speaks Persian. They mm -hmm. can't get a job because of their own status, but they can't contact anybody because they haven't got a mobile phone, but they haven't got the money to get it. And and it's very easy to be judgmental about people because they don't speak, they don't speak the language. Um, yeah, yeah. But what you're doing is a fantastic thing of just um, bringing the humanity. And because in the end, mm. it's, it's I, you know, all of us, um, in the end of everything stripped away were people and if we're, when you sit around and share a meal with somebody mm. you're, you, you know you become friends and it's giving people the opportunity to share a meal in in a, in a sense around the film and hear the story is yeah. what you've done is invite us into a banqueting table and we can hear the story around that feast so thank you so much for doing that and may you continue, continue to have great extravagantic adventures I'm thinking of South Africa for you for next year <laughs> so thank you so much is there any one word of little encouragement you'd like to leave with with anybody as part of the encouragement diaries 
Yeah, I think it's just what one of the guys in the film talked about um, what you've just shared about, like often we're fearful of what we don't know. So if that's someone who wears different clothes or eats different foods or speaks a different language, there's a natural fear in that. But what he's learned um, from going across that fear threshold is that actually there's a richness to the world and this, this, this diversity is strength and diversity is beauty and there is a shared humanity when you cross that fear threshold. That's great. Well, so the encouragement, guys, cross your fear threshold and get out there and just engage with people. Thanks, Thomas, and lots of <laughs> Speak to you soon. Keep Pleasure. Bye. All right, bye. bye.